Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Welcome back to the Dr. Supercoach podcast, once again powered by our partners at Code Sports. On with me tonight to talk about all things round two in Supercoach. I have Pistol with me. How are you going, champion? I see that you've been up and about in the group chat. I can only presume that you've had a decent week. <laughs> it's true. It's true. I've been uh, very much up and about. I came in... Intolerable is the word that I was looking for. Look, after a year of of being, you know, having the sads, I, I would have hoped that you <laughs> guys would have been happy for me to be honest but uh yeah look uh, a 2388 uh last round 300 second for the week leaving some i also lost the rookie rule out losing some key points but um jumping up 41k spots overall two three just over 3k um that's that's now the highest i've been in the last you know since the beginning of last season and you know so i'm Absolutely over the moon. I said my team was good last week, and I felt like I just had an unlucky week, and the team really mm. came through and hopefully proved me correct. And I'm looking forward to the next couple of weeks, hoping to just Mate. continue the role. Yeah, so so tell me what you were faced with last week and what moves you make to, to kind of turn things around. So I had Jelly, that, who was KO'd, and... I was like, look, I'm missing some key components here. My back line has Jones at D2 who was also injured. And I'm like, look, I'm going to need another defender. So given it would be absolutely unbearable to watch Collingwood games without Nick Dacos, um, I used that to my advantage to bring him in. And then with that other change as well, because I had two failed mid-prices being Ash and uh, t- Bruin. Um, I traded Bruin to Goulden. So they were pretty straightforward, nothing crazy 
trades. Mm. Just but but getting, I guess, and Callahan with that third one. But getting in those two premiums um, for for Jelly just let me structure my side. I guess the way that I probably should have in round one. Um, given I know people are, you might remember I had McKenzie on the bench. Uh, you know, for M9 after the first round. So just like structure my side a little bit better. Um, and finally, my plan will be put to good use this week when I re- finish my structure and because I still have one too many uh, midfielders, but I'll finally get rid of uh, Callahan, <laughs> who I just brought in, um, and Jones. What do you mean finally get rid of him? Finally had it for 48 hours. I mean, I mean, like finally my bench, every the situation will, will resolve itself. I'll, I'll put probably Jones to channel. I'm talking very early days, and then I'll be able to afford Callahan to Jay-Z. I know I just brought him in, but uh, he's the only way yeah. that I can get to Jay-Z. And uh, I think Zebul will prove to be a shrewd selection and keep me, I guess, ahead of the curve um, because not too many people are able to get all the good mid-prices and Dacos and Golden. Yeah. So I think I'm in a very strong position heading into the, the third round. Yeah, and considering that, like, a lot of the mid-prices so far this year have been semi-decent. The, the fact that I ended up with Ash as my only mid-pricer is just... <laughs> it's just chef's kiss, 2023, super coach for, for Chizo's champs. Um, this week, I had a 22-12 uh, bouncing back from last week uh, up to a seasonal a season rank of 37,300, um, up 40K ranks from last week. Um, that's big. So, that's a big jump. Yeah, so it, this has been probably one of the poorest starts. Uh, I, I, considering last year um, was very, very similar. I, I was less. I, I'm more happy with my team this week. Uh, sorry, this year compared to last year yeah. being in the exact same position. I think after four rounds, after you know a little bit of the variance has gone out and the the pure structure um, of, of some of these teams. You know, wins out. Yeah, uh, I think I'll probably be top ten k. Um, I'm definitely a little bit behind the top coaches, such as yourself. Uh, I had Jelly as well last week, and uh, unfortunately, I had a bit of a short week as I was heading off to a good friend's bucks party. And I, I've got a, a people who've been following the podcast for a while. Pistol will know what happened last time I was on a bucks he party. He traded in Jelly I, when he was injured. I traded in Jelly when he was injured. <laughs> And ended up getting um, – uh, there was like a, a Carlton mature-age rookie, I forget his name, who came on and scored more than Liberatore, who I had traded out that week. And it was, so I gained myself points by trading in a jelly donut that's, that week. Um, and it was just pure coincidence that this time around I already had jelly, but still he missed. Isn't, isn't that interesting? You couldn't trade him in. So you didn't know what to do. Um, you just held trade. I couldn't trade him in, so I couldn't ruin it. Uh, basically, this this is the the exciting thing for me. Pistol was. Um, I thought, look, let's just make a like nothing complicated. I had not a lot of time this week to kind of make really in depth analysis um, uh, before heading away, and so I thought, look, I know I want to do Flanders to Sheasel because Flanders is a dud, and I need Sheasel, and I'll work out the remaining trades next week. And when I did that, I reversed trades that brought that took Jelly out, took took Ash out, and took Flanders out, and I had brought in LDU, um, Dacos, and a 123k rookie, which was Chandler. So I literally took out Dacos, LDU, and Chandler this week to get Sheasel, uh, because I didn't want to think about it. I didn't want to go too complex. And now this week, I can't get. I can only get one of LDU and and Sheasel. 
LDU and Dacos. Because I'm obviously not going to trade Jelly now that he's back. It's almost like I hope he's got like lingering concussions. Isn't that a bad thing to say? No, definitely not. It's a terrible thing to say. You're right, Pistol. But yeah, so fighting back. Hoping uh, uh, to make a – I'm going to be boosting this week, Pistol. I think you are as well. So I think uh, uh, there's going to be a few moves. We should jump into some housekeeping, Pistol. You've written this in bold letters, so I imagine this is important to you. You wanted me to mention that last coach standing, the Dr. Supercoach Patreon-only competition, will be beginning this week. You finally fixed the joining link on the Patreon (laughs) website. So if you do want to join up and be a part of that, you can actually join the group now, whereas previously it took you to a 404 error. Uh, As as a computer guy, that's uh, because because they've got competition. They've got competition running through their veins. The less people that can enter, the better. I I don't know how. There was like, so 200 people joined, you know, last year we had like 700. 200 people joined. And I was like, wow, that's not. Not many. Why? I wonder why it yeah. is. And then I clicked the link that I shared. It, it didn't go to the right group, but no one told me. <laughs> so I guess the it took 200 the people dark web. used the code that I said, you know, whatever the code <laughs> was, um, but no one told me. So I fixed it up, but I'll give it, we'll start this week instead because I screwed it up. So my apologies for getting the link totally wrong. Um, yeah. And yeah, it will, we'll start it and start uh, culling some of the, the coaches at mm. the end of this week. So make sure you jump Just in. Just like I'll, cash cows. Yeah, make sure you jump in um, and I'll, I'll repost the link this week as well just for good measure. And Pistol has confirmed he will be on next week podcast as well. To apologize to those that had a great week this week but have a poor week next week and unfortunately get the cut when they would have obviously <laughs> stayed in. So uh, he has confirmed he will be doing that. Pistol, uh, we'll jump over to the Cancer Council. Yes. We do have a couple more donations. Absolutely. We have cracked the 25000 which is Literally incredible. Uh, Dale and Johns had Jay-Z and Dacos in for Braun and Jelly, but all, all but confirmed on Wednesday night, but overthought it and reversed it come Thursday. Hashtag dumb things. Donating for dumb donation. things. I think, yeah, I need to do that too. Uh, and Spicer <laughs> Josh, uh, defender goals for charity. Nick Dacos, time for Dos, um, for Dos Kane, Farrell, Liam Baker, Nathan Broad, Brennan Cox, so he's donated as well uh, for all the defenders that kick goals this year. So thank you very much for that. Um, one more thing, Pistol, that we should – or actually, we've got a couple more housekeeping uh, moments. Just yep. hit, hit, Yeah, 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 yeah. No. Um, Surprise. Over on the uh, the drsupercoach.com.au, the merch store, we do have a couple co- uh, messages that have come through donations. Uh, Johnny Blaze says, uh, please give a shout-out to my ex, Lisa, for me. She has stage 4 cancer and appreciated a last shout-out on the podcast after a donation. So big shout-out to Lisa, who's uh, – I'll link that in with the Cancer Council there as well. Just a good um, – no, hope thanks, things are going Johnny, well. Thanks, Johnny. Appreciate it. And uh, thanks, thanks, Lisa as well yeah and uh darren mcmillan says your coverage of the practice games was elite very helpful thank you very much i appreciate you too darren uh we've only got just the three shout outs this week all uh, special Pistol, jeff jeff p Except aaron jory and jay stains awesome no thanks very much the three of you appreciate it get in there hope you're already involved in slack um, it's already been a, a hot start to the year, and it's only going to get hotter. Yeah, um, Pistol. Let's jump into some Supercoach content because that's what everyone's been frothing for at the moment. Um, the first thing we should say off the top of the show, mate, is that this podcast is going to have a lot of information. And unlike last week, which it was like really general advice that everyone could take in, 
the, some of the things we say this week is going to be very, very team dependent. We're, we're getting a lot of questions about which mid-pricer do I get or uh, if I had to pick one out of Goulden, Dacos, LDU, who am I getting? This is going to be super team dependent. So um, take everything we say with a grain of salt and weigh it up against what your actual side looks like before we say go and get X. Um, uh, I think that's that's really important to say at the top of the show. Pistol, do you have anything further on that? No, I just like logically, you know, if you have four defenders and we're saying, oh, yeah, get Dacos before Goulden, yep. um, I mean, that's not going to work for your side, so don't do that. Um, it's just it's very difficult to give general advice and then people say, oh, you said to do this and not to do that. And I'm like, well, your your team needs a defender, so obviously prioritize that. Or your team needs a midfielder, so prioritize that. So, um just keep that in mind because, yeah, a lot of messages over over the last week where it's like, you know, specific team advice. Um, Jay-Z is going to cause nightmares, I can already tell, this week because people are going to be like, oh, you said to get Setterfield, not to get Jay-Z. I'm like, well, look at your side and look at your forward line and look at your back line and you might need extra players there and not in the midfield and I'm sure it's going to yeah. cause a bit of a, a mess. So heads up, everybody. Please, you know, be a bit logical with it. Yeah, sure. So let's jump into the most important topic this week or the one that we've been getting the most messages about. Um, and that's uh, which of the successful mid-prices do we think that we should be prioritizing um, if we don't have them already? Uh, and that comes from the four of Setterfield, Jay-Z, Warple and Hopper. Pistol, I'm going to throw it over to you um, because you actually have picked a successful mid-pricer and I haven't, so I feel like your <laughs> voice is a lot more important than mine. Setters, Jay-Z, Warple and Hopper, just break it down for us. So I guess the way I'm kind of coming at it is Jay-Z looks like he could be a keeper and that's yeah. the most important thing for me it's he if he's not a forward keeper he might be a defender keeper kind of you know around that that final that sixth um spot for either line um his role is really good maybe not the 110 of of two seasons ago but he could average 100 um the role is tight he's only 360 odd k like the price is kind as well and the flexibility of having the, the two positions once he gets the defensive status is really appealing, especially with his partner in crime down back with Sheasel likely also getting that DPP. I think that will be kind of fun and um, being able to have both of them switching lines, it's kind of cool. So it's hard to it's hard to prioritise, say, hey, like, you know, prioritise him above Setterfield because your midfield might be weak and then you might need a midfielder. So then, of course, Setterfield, I, I find them both... I would 100% be getting at least one of them, if I have to put a blanket yep. statement. Um, get one of them in, and you know, if you need that extra forward um, or if you need that extra defender coming down the line, then get that Jay-Z. If you need more of a midfielder, get Setterfield. Setterfield, for me, Chizo, he had 90% CBAs last week, so he went from that yeah. four, fourth rotational mid to the number one mid. He's put in now three, including the practice match, three consecutive performances of 25 touches, six-plus tackles, which raises his super coach ceiling, uh, sorry, his floor, to a yeah. you know at least a 90. So I see he, he honestly, do you think it's out of the realms of possibility that he just averages 105 for the whole season? Um, it's, it's definitely not out of the realms of the possibility. It's not something that I had really expected going into – um, going into the season, like I, I literally, when I think about the the Essendon midfielders that we have, um, 
I just felt like there was too many mouths to feed in terms of getting CBAs and getting mid-time. And yep. he's literally just walked in and pushed everyone out. <laughs> I mean, like he's, he's pushed Darcy Parrish out. And, and Darcy Parrish has the highest percentage of uh, his disposals coming from a CBA of anyone else in the competition. Or I think there's like one or two more than him that are not Ruckman. And Setterfield has just gone, you know what, Paz, get out of the way. I'm, I'm the leader now. And yep. that is something that I literally did not predict, um, and has but had always thought he was a fantastic acquisition for for the Bombers because we needed his body type in the midfield. That's the key thing, Chiso. All the other midfielders are kind of same samey body type. Where uh, Setterfield's, you know, that one ninety two centimeter bigger bodied type of midfielder, and I think that means his longevity for that midfield. He, I don't, I don't feel like we're going to get halfway through the season and he's going to be pushed out. I think at worst he's the fourth midfielder in, which is what, like 40% CBAs, which is totally yeah. fine because realistically you're going to get him to his up to his buy and reassess. I, I can't imagine that I'm you know, jumping off in two weeks. I mean, maybe if he puts out a terrible score and the timing works out with Oliver, I guess, maybe. Um, but at least if you're bringing him in, you're probably bringing him thinking I'll deal with him when he is my eighth midfielder and I can trade him Um at that point in time, because he's going to be, he's going to make you think he's going to make 200k, um, which is a, a huge tick, and he's going to score a lot of points on the way. So, um, in terms of priority, he, he's right up there with with Jay Z this week. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, the the next, oh, I actually agree with the the lineup that you have as well. Talk to me. Has the recent injury to Hopper's knee mm. um, influenced your decision making there as, at all? Because watching the game, like if you completely forget about the fact he tried to snap his leg off, <laughs> um, he was actually phenomenal. Yeah, he was pretty much best on ground. Um, it's it's pretty crazy because I think they kept saying during the week oh we burnt hopper oh we burnt hopper and you're kind of like oh they're just being nice to the new guy you know they're just, <laughs> he has a bad game they're just trying to pump him up um but he had seven marks um so they really started to actually look for him and use him a lot more and he scored 119 in only 69 percent time on grounds because he spent that time off um when his knee was sore so he could have had you know a setterfield-esque you know, 140 type game um, if he had stayed mm. on the, the ground a little bit more. So I think he's in a good place to, I guess, make the money. I don't feel like he's in as good of a place to set a field to average, you know, 105 plus. But I'm certainly, it's hard because I, I, we're, we're talking right now and we don't know the his injury and what it is and how many, if he's missing this week or not missing this week. We didn't have the information at the time of recording this podcast. Um I'm not looking to trade him out, and if it's a one-week injury, I probably would hold. I mean, he's coming off 119, so he's going to make a lot of money. Um, and I do think that he's just better than Warple still. Um, Warple, I just I don't see Warple having those 130 games, even 119. Um, Hawthorne are just really bad, Cheeso. They're going to get smashed, and for War- Warple would have to do so much to score a 120, like so much. Um, yeah, I just I can't really see it. I think this is probably the best you get from him. He puts in those those nineties, the high ninety scores. Um, they're not. I mean, I wouldn't expect them to. Maybe they might win this week against North Melbourne, but I wouldn't expect them to win any other game for the rest of the season. Um, this this third game is probably going to be Warple's biggest of the season, so he better do well. 
Um, and how how can you say that they they're, they're a chance against North? North are undefeated. That's true. They're, they're premiership it's, contenders. It's true. The Clarko factor. He's, he's going to just. He knows his team inside. He he knows Sam Mitchell so well. He can think his thoughts before Sam Mitchell does. <laughs> I won't be surprised, honestly. Clark is a, a gem, but I love you trying to keep it together there. No, look, I just. It's hard to. Wapple's not the same level of player that like Hopper is. So yeah, I would feel bad trading Hopper to Wapple. I mean, you might get a hundred score this week, and that's great. But I'm just thinking. Is it worth the trade? It doesn't seem like it to me. I think out of those four mid-prices, he's still probably fourth. But again, these are all the we've we've narrowed it down to like the good options. Like all of these people are justified in bringing in. If you can't afford Setterfield, and then you can't afford Jay Z because yeah. it's more expensive, and you have Hopper, then Warple's the logical next person, right? Yeah. So all and, all good options. Uh, and, and just to clarify, head to head, if DPP wasn't an issue for for Jay Z, are you taking setters over Jay Z? It's the DPP yeah. potential in three weeks' time that is getting you across the line. That's right. Yeah, I think the fact that he might be a keeper um, gets it over the line for me. Just yeah, and of, it, yeah, Setterfield. Even though Setterfield like is literally performing and has the role currently, like he's pretending to be like a one ten plus. Midfielder, the the fact that Jay Z could literally just be could sub Constable onto the bench, for example, and in a couple of weeks' time is just so powerful that the 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 fact that he's probably going to not score as much as Setterfield is is what you find more valuable. Yeah, well, a lot of people have Hopper and Warple already, so then trying yeah, to fit yeah. in Setterfield into your team when you already have those two. Just yeah, I literally can't work. Yeah, I, I'm not sure how that happened, but. Um, it, it's hard. Well, I didn't trade last week. <laughs> I'm doing everything I can to get Dacos. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's that's very good too. We can talk definitely talk about that. But I just I yeah. feel like if you have to um, get one of them, it's it's definitely team dependent. But my I, I probably yeah. prioritizing the guy who I think is could at least be a keeper. Um, but I would 100 percent be getting one, trying to get two. <laughs> that's that's yeah, kind of the yeah, way sure. that I'm looking at. I'd be approaching this week. Well, speaking of trying to get Dacos, I want you to compare the pair. Now, compare the, the, these current primos um, and give me a rank uh, in terms of like literally what we've just done with the uh, the mid prices. So I've got LDU, Dacos, and, and Goldilocks. Um, LDU, Dacos. Okay, yeah, that's a that's tough competition there. Yeah, so so similar thing. You 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 haven't got LDU, Dacos, or Golden. Um, like commiserations to your team if you haven't got at least one of them. Um, what, where are your, your thoughts at in terms of, of grabbing one of these? So I, I would probably rank them in. Oh, it's actually it's hard. I think Dacos for me is still number one. Um, yep. Probably Dacos, Golden, LDU. But the, it's not wow. that LDU's okay. worse. It's only that if I was He's going to better. grab LDU, I probably would just be grabbing like Setterfield and Jay Z and splitting like because of that price. I'd be trying to get yeah. Setterfield and Jay Z. So I, I just yeah, don't yeah, find sure. a situation where I end up with 550K, whereas 500, you might not be able to split a day cost into a Setterfield and a, and a, and a Jay-Z. So I probably, that's, that's probably why I'm thinking the way I did. Because I guess if you want me to rank these plays, I've got to rank all of them in the pool of like those mid prices and the premiums. 
Well, um, before we do that, I, yeah. I, I want to know which one, which ones of those. Like the way that you're speaking, it's, it, it sounds like you're saying Dacos is a must-have, and the other two are ah, if you can grab them, do it. Otherwise, no, no big deal. Yeah, sort of thing. Like I, you, you're not, you're not really sounding like God damn. Like I, I can't get older. You like the, my life is over. It's, it's more of a. Um, there's one of those guys that is the big standout. I think there's three standouts. I think it's Dacos, Setterfield, and. and and Jay Z, I think they're like on a tier of them, their own, and then the other guys yeah. fall in line in between there. So, yeah, I, I also don't think that like I wouldn't call Dacos a must-have. Like if you can't get him because the way your team is structured, then I guess that's okay, and you can pick him up. You know, if, if the thing is, if you're not getting Dacos because of the way your team's structured, hopefully you're getting Setterfield and Jay Z. And if you're getting those two players this week, that might outscore Dacos until you can pick up Dacos five rounds later, you know, after a couple of tags or whatever, and it comes down to, you know, 520K, 530K, whatever his price is. Um, so you're, you're making up points in a different way. I don't think you have to, like, you know, smash your side and change it drastically just to try <laughs> and bring in Dacos, but forego all of the other good mid prices, you know for that um yeah i think you can if you can get away with you know if it works better for your side to get setterfield and jay-z then do that and if it works better for your side to get dacos and you can still manage to get you know warple then maybe yeah dacos and warple might might be that that combination for you instead yeah sure okay <laughs> sorry um, it's a lot so, <laughs> no no i understand now i want you to say uh, for, if i'm counting correctly dacos jay-z setterfield Yep. They're your top three? I think so, yeah. Four, five, six, seven for me. Oh, my gosh. Jesus, you're killing me. Um, I think I'd be putting in – I think Goulden's still there because of the value. He's like a keeper and yep. his value, so it's probably him. Um, Hopper, oh, I just think LDU will be 600K. You're not getting Hopper. I mean, it depends if Hopper's injured. Pending injury, Hopper, LDU, Warple. I mean, they're all – it's all very similar. I don't think we're getting this far down mm. the list, though, Chizo. I don't think people bring in LDU and Warple. If you are, yeah, that's 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 impressive or crazy. I'm not sure which one. Maybe you started Golden and Dacos. True. That's then then well done. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I I only I only started Golden. Um, <laughs> they're interesting. Okay, so we we've gone through some of the the really big. Um, kind of points per dollar players that we're looking at bringing in this week. Let's talk about some of the big name trade out options. Um, this is definite rage trade, and this is like a rage trade that I'm totally like behind. And you go, girl, you trade that mofo out of your team. And I'm going to start us off, pistol, Sean Darcy. <laughs> what the? What the heck is going on? He literally killed it in the preseason, and then. It looks like he's running around with a stumpy leg like he's been a pirate for 50 years. Like, <laughs> where did, what has happened in 10 days? Oh, it's not good, is it? It's uh, the, That split with Jackson this week, what was it, 58% Darcy and 42% Jackson's not ideal. I know there would be a split. Um, I was, you'd it's not even be... just that. Jackson could not be playing and he wouldn't turn right now. Yeah, it's... I mean, Fremantle's form is out the window. You wouldn't expect them to be 0-2 and two from the first two games. Um, mm. It's not good. It's really not good. Uh, I can't really make too many excuses. My only, I guess, I don't know, it's benefits, not the right word, but uh, positive, it's, again, that's not the right word, um, in having Darcy is that 
<laughs> there is none. Sorry for getting your hopes up. <laughs> you can jump off if you would like to, um, and you are then. You've, there's now enough information that I think there's like three clear ruck choices, which is better than what, the what are the what season. are the clear the clear lucks? What, what are your, your, your the three? So there's only three that we should be looking I at. I think so right now. Uh, right, who I are th- they? I think English is an absolute monster. Honestly, yeah. What was he on ninety at halftime both games this season? And then yeah, he's literally been oh on a ton God. at halftime. Like, it's and I've tried to delete my team, and I can't do that mid round. <laughs> he he's on the level that we thought he could be on, um, and you're still it's still an injury risk. Don't get me wrong, that still exists. But his upside, especially if you've started, you know, slowly and you're chasing some sort of upside, but he's the guy. He's the only player. At the moment, that looks capable of pumping out a 180-plus. Um, yeah. So, he could be 10 points clear of R2 the way he's going so far this year. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I should should have mentioned when I said three, that's assuming everyone has Marshall because Marshall's obviously yeah, the yeah. fourth. Anyone listening um, has Marshall. Yeah, so I'm just, I've ruled him out. Um, so, yeah, look, English is, I think I think we learnt a lesson, Chizo, of picking players who don't have ruck competition. I think it's more just like, <laughs> I say that when I'm about to talk about Cameron, but um, I think, you know, the choice, if we had our time again, I mean, I didn't pick him for that reason, but Sean Darcy's splitting time. It's just, I'd rather a guy that's not splitting time and English is probably probably that guy and has the upside. I think the other option you yeah. can go is the safety of wits. He just gets it done yep. every week. He's not, I'm not expecting a 180 ever out of wits. Um, but I, I would just be expecting him to like go around 110 every week and just like kind of chip away. He he wasn't great this week and got gifted a goal, um, you know, by the umpires and that got him up to a 108. But last week he looked really good. They're not really sure what happened this week, but I just think every week he'll just keep tapping it down, keep chipping away. He just is such a good tap ruckman that those 110 scores will keep coming in. So I think he's probably... I don't know if he's my second or third favorite, but he he's around there, Chizo. And the last one is is uh, Darcy Cameron. I mean, oh, he was so good. I mean, I think he, him and Nick mm-hmm. were best on ground. He, he he just looked like he was taking his ruck game to another level. On honestly, yeah. I mean, he, he was really like last year was his practice year of being a ruck, and this year is the year he's going to explode. And he had the the. Vast majority, I think it was 72% ruck contests compared to Cox's 38%. So his split was fine um, in terms of a number one ruck. And he does so much around the ground. I think people don't realize that he's not just a tap ruckman. Like he takes contested marks all the time. Um, He had 18 possessions, 16 contested, which is huge, and still had five tackles. Like he is... I think he's somebody who could average 105. And if if it's wrong and he's not, you know, the best ruck option, he will, he's fine for like a F6 type situation as well. So you've got bailout plan where you can move him forward and you can get English later or Gorn at a discount if that's that's your play or something like that. So, um, yeah, he, he's just really good. He's really good. So there, there's the three cheese. So one, they're all different price points. So you kind of yeah need to. I, I'd choose English if you're if you're willing to pay up. And if I'm going down, you're only really left with Darcy Cameron. Um, but cheese, so is Sean Darcy a definite trade up for West Coast with no real ruck? Yes. 
Okay, well. All right, moving was, on. That was, that was um, simple. No, I mean. <laughs> no, I just wanted to go back there. I just wanted to make a comment on wits. Um, yeah. I feel like if you've got the money to go up and you don't have English, you get English. Yeah. And if you've got the money to go up to wits, like you're getting no value there. Yeah. So you're either picking Cameron or or Marshall of those two that you don't have. So I've probably got wits as my fourth option. Like yeah. if you've already got English and, you, and you, you're trading someone out, you're going – Marshall or Cameron for me over wits, just personally. Yeah, no, I can. Like, see I, that. I, I just, I just don't personally see a situation where you'd be paying a hundred k more over Marshall or a hundred and forty k more over Cameron, just yeah. personally. No, that's that's totally fair. I think that's that's very valid as well. Um, it's it's the pre, and this is another thing. Sometimes I wish that I didn't watch any preseason, and then I could just have English and Cameron like I had in the majority of my preseason teams. Yep. Absolutely, you know what I mean. Like they, they got injured, we took them out. Oh, we can't, we can't possibly pick them with all the the things and uncertainty with the ruck line if they haven't played a full preseason. And then the guys that we knew would be good before they got injured ended up being the two that we want on our team. Yeah, I had English and Cameron. <laughs> Same <thing>. here. <laughs> um, and, and in a lot of my iterations, Cameron was actually the thirteenth premium, so I actually had gone less heavy on the mid prices to get him in. So um, yeah, a lo- lot of. Um, yeah, I ended uh, up hindsight with bias there. who I never had in any preseason team at all until I put him in and on And you're happy Saturday. with him. You've already got him, but that's yeah. what I'm saying. I don't think you'd be paying up at this point if you're getting rid of Shaw Darcy. And I mentioned that he is a trade-out, and I think that's because he literally he, – it's not like he didn't have the opportunity to score. He still had high time on ground. Yeah. He still had the most hit-outs for the game. Um, he – it's just – I just feel like I've been absolutely sucked in by one decent preseason game, and this is like the the where where Jackson wasn't playing, so he had a hundred percent ruck, and he just ran around and did what he wants, and no one's like really putting pressure on because it's a preseason game. And as soon as the heat's on, mm-hmm. he's just crumbling, and then they've just been throwing they're throwing Jackson in there, and I have lost complete confidence that his performance this year. Will be or his his role and his ruck share will be anything close to something that is going to substantiate a one hundred and ten plus yep. score, which is what I paid a hundred average for him. So, couple quick more things, I guess. Um, Grundy, obviously, without Gorn for the next couple of weeks, he does not look up to scratch as a ruckman yep. at the moment. Um, I wouldn't say a shell of himself, but he'd need to put in some really good performances for me to get excited about him as a pick. I think if you're picking him, it's in complete blind hope that he's going to turn around back to his best. But realistically, he looks like a guy that's played, you know, eight games in two years because that's what has happened. Um, he, he looks a bit off the pace at the moment and working his way into it. So I don't think I would go there as a bit of a POD. It's it would be a play. I think Chizo is probably underrated that. In my mind, I don't think he's the he's not the number one trade out option of the round. Um, I no, think, no, no, no. I think the biggest team dependent thing, though. Yeah, very team dependent. I think I would boost as a third trade to get him out, but I wouldn't trade him out above fixing issues in my team and being able to get you know Nick Dacos and being able to get Setterfield and Jay Z. I think those guys are priority for me than fixing the ruck because worst worst case scenario. You hold him. I guess that's the worst case scenario. It is a very worst case you scenario. You can trade him. You can trade him to Gorn in six weeks. Their prices will be almost a parity. So, 
Because <laughs> I don't know about that. Point. I think I think I think Fridge is dropping off the face Maybe. of the earth. Maybe, but if it's that <laughs> desperate, you put out another poor what performance. Mean, is Gorn not out for six weeks? That's yeah. the last I heard. Yeah, you could, you could wait six weeks, but you could also trade. But then him Gorn has to play another four weeks for his price to drop. No, so you have to hold two. him for ten just, weeks. Just two. Just two weeks. That's the the biggest <laughs> drop is two after that. So yeah, he, he'll probably be back. You'd be looking around eight, around nine, right, which is which is very far. Um, could be three hundred k by then. <laughs> <laughs> right, he could be doing okay, but oh, I just I'm really just bad, salty you because Cameron, I, you can just do Darcy the Cameron next week. I mean, you don't make yeah. money, but you can. Yeah, yeah. Um, the the, the only yeah, obviously team dependent, but Darcy the Cameron gets me Ash to Dacos, and and it fixes that structural issue. It gets rid of yeah. my underperforming mid pricer, and it fixes my underperforming R two. Yeah, I mean that, that, that might work for you. Totally fine. Yeah. Um, and and t- other teams will be having other other things. It's just that I need to prioritise, firstly, my structure and, secondly, not like 60% of the competition have this one guy that I don't have and he's averaging 139. So yeah. I, ha- I have to do something, you know what I mean? So uh, it's not necessarily that – I don't genuinely believe that um, Darcy is, is going to get down to 300K. It's just that <laughs> he, 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 is my, he is my gateway to, to Nick Dacos and if I can confirmation bias myself into hating the fridge and thinking that he's going to be terrible and completely forgetting that he got me to a top 10 finish two years ago, um, then I'm going to do that. And you need to be okay with that and support me because this is my time. <laughs> Look, he, he's got almost no <laughs> opponent, right? So he could he could put up a yeah. 150 next week and you, you're kind of accepting that's the trade-off for getting the other players to fix your team. Yeah, Flynn, Flynn went big on him this week. So what's fridge going to do next week? Pistol, that wraps up Sean Darcy. We're going to run to a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to talk through some other premium options that have popped up as possible trade-out options for some coaches. So we'll see you guys after the break. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Um, talking about trade-outs, we talked about Sean Darcy. I kicked it off. Are there any kind of big-name um, premiums that at this point of the season you wouldn't have expected to be on the chopping block potentially that you want to touch on? Well, Jack Steele's injured, so 
He needs to go. Okay, we'll touch on him later because this is an easy one. We're talking about these trade-out options of underperforming premiums that we've seen a couple of weeks. We've got some data and it's like, no, I need to make a change and I'm going to flick this guy to someone else. I'll I'll, I'll say a name and this is not something that I would have expected. I've got people DMing me constantly saying, who should I trade Lockie Neal to? Not should I trade Lockie Neal. It's a foregone conclusion in their mind that he needs to go. So I will put an asterisk next to team dependent here because yeah. there are some teams that have gone 13 premiums who don't have any mid-prices. Yeah. And those teams I think are in a position where you can sacrifice a Lockie Neal type to be able to split into three, like a Dacos, uh, Well, a Lockie Neal type, there's three of them. There's Laird, there's Neal, and there's yeah, Oliver. That's right, yeah. So it's just it's just Neal. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think you can split him into into a premium and two mid-prices and that be very comfortable um, for your sides. Yeah. I, I don't love going down to a two-premium midfield. Um, I think in an ideal world, you still have a three-premium midfield and then... Mm-hmm. You know, you might have a bunch of mid prices, and that's okay. Um, so yeah, very team dependent. There are some teams where lock, trading out Lockie Neal is okay, but then there's others where it's it's madness because of you know other things you can do to swap mid prices around. Like I wouldn't be, I'm not trading him out because I don't think he's going to be a top eight midfielder. Like he he All right. most likely will. I would say almost definitely. Uh, I'm going to pull. I'm going to pull you on task here. Yes. Lockie Neal's performances in the first two weeks, you've watched them. Yeah. He's, he's gone subpar in terms of a start to a season that we've seen. Have you seen enough to convince you that he won't be a top eight mid? No. And therefore, you should be trading him? No. I think he'll be a top eight mid. I'm going to get him in. So, <laughs> yeah. So so what? So by that logic, can I assume that if you had Lockie Neal and you don't need him, like you, you're not massively structurally deficient somewhere... You're you're advocating uh, keeping him like this is yeah this is I would a, be, this is a classic a, case of just getting someone out because they, like it they've been underperforming yeah. like yeah. I, I still think he's been, guys, he's been fine yeah <clears throat> I think you can hold him if you've got the other guys if it's not desperate yeah um yeah. whereas I would be open to trading him to get the other guys but then we talk about somebody like Doherty. Yeah, okay. That was another name on my list. Talk to me. Yeah, I see people commenting that they're going to trade him out, but I don't understand that one because I can kind of understand the Neil and and splitting into blah, 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 blah. Um, But Doherty doesn't make as much sense to me because Doherty is going to be a top six defender, probably a top three defender. Um, His role is clearly impacted by the lack of Walsh in the side who might be back this week or next week. Yeah. He's been playing at a weird percentage of CBAs because he's not quite a midfielder, not quite a defender, and it's it's hurting him and his score. And as soon as Walsh is back, you know we're likely going to be getting that Doherty 110 plus sort of guy. So yeah, I don't. I'd feel way less comfortable trading Doherty than I would Neil, for example. Yeah, like even well, as I, my only way to Dacos, I I think I would find a different way, and I wouldn't do it from Doherty if I could. Yeah. Um, the only thing that I'd mention is that um, Doherty had zero CBAs in round one. He had 7% of CBAs in round two, yeah. which is like, I think, two in total. Yeah. Um, uh, so to me, 
when we're talking about that he's playing like a weird midfield split, we mean that he's not playing deep defense as part of the switches. Like I'm seeing like Lewis Young kick it to Wiedemann, kick it back to Young, kick it to Saad. And I'm like, where is Doherty? Yeah, Wiedemann's been getting well. Why is Doherty standing on the edge of the center square watching this just switched in front of his eyes? That, that's, that, that's the part that I... Again, had not anticipated because it's it's not something we saw in the preseason. He was either getting like thirty percent CBAs in a pracky game, yeah. and then taking kickouts, and then part of the switch. Exactly and now right. it's just suddenly they're suddenly like standing in the middle of the ground at the top of the fifty, and they don't want to use him. Yeah, so he's in no, no man's land. He's caught there at the yeah. moment because his role's not either back or, or mid. So sometimes it's like that last midfield into the contest. It's just not it's not an ideal supercoach role. But Walsh will be back so soon, so. I yeah. think that'll be okay. I mean, it's a shame Hewitt's out as well. Um, but I got a feeling once Walsh is back, normality will return. So I, I feel a lot stronger about holding on to him than holding on to Neil mm. um, if I were to directly compare the two of those. Um, yeah. I mean, and the only reason I'd trade him to Dacos is if you genuinely thought Dacos is going to outscore Doherty. Yeah. Which he yeah. might. Yeah. I just, yeah. I mean, I'd be surprised, but it's possible. Hey, hey, don't don't forget that Doherty's f- uh, round one performance uh, was a, a, it was good. a slightly better role. He was good, and he spent like twenty minutes down the room doing a number two. From all we can tell, <laughs> in the last quarter when the game was on the line, where all the scaling yeah, was, it's like, where are you? Come and get the ball. Like there's there's forty <laughs> yes, points here if you just take a contested mark. No, um, that's true. Yeah, so so we've touched on Neil, we've touched on Doherty there too. The other really important one I think we need to touch on, who was a preseason underpriced candidate. Uh, and that's Jack McRae. Mm-hmm. I am disgusted with the role that he's got this year. I thought for sure he would just go straight into being a CBA mid. And I'm watching the game on the weekend and the ball gets like bombed into their forward line. I see number 11 running like from the right-hand side of the screen out to the ball. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. The midfield's on the left-hand side. Where? <laughs> Wait, are you in the forward line? And like he spent so much time out forward this year, this week. Yeah, it's Bevo's been doing the Magnet Man things, and he's even said, "Oh yeah, I'm going to try Magnet Man things next week." And that scares the living bejesus. <laughs> Those exact words. Me. Yeah, he, he said, "I am the Magnet <laughs> I'm Man." I'm going to do Magnet Man things. <laughs> do you know the Magnet Man? Um, <laughs> yeah, he. It's very hard to pick a bulldog player that a premium that's not Bontempelli and not English. Yeah, uh, and yep. McRae. At 633k, it's a lot of money to pick somebody who could be thrown any which way. I, I would, I think if he's a good gateway candidate to split into like the Dacos Jay Z set of field. Um, yeah. I mean, it's, it's weird because we obviously wouldn't normally advocating trading premiums, but Correct. one, the game has changed. Like we've got 36 trades, that's an enormous amount of trades. Two, these guys are, it's not like, like Jay Z's probably going to be a keeper, I think. Um, yeah. I mean, that's why you're trading him. So you're not you're not really like you're trading a keeper for a keeper. You're not trading a keeper for a for a cash cow. Um, yeah, you're just getting a keeper and potentially a really hot cash cow as well, or potentially two keepers if you're splitting to like a a day cost and and uh, Jay Z, which many are doing. So that's I'm not good sure how me. you do that out of out of 630k, but uh, I think there's some other trades in the background there. <laughs> or there's another you know 200k odd guy you can ditch. You know you shuffle it just around. Turn a, or, turn just, a McRae into 850 grand somehow. You just don't pay your taxes and it's fine. Um, <laughs> you can get all. That's a good inside joke there. Um, <laughs> yeah. If I'm looking what? at the, <laughs> I'm looking at the uh, 
the the CBA split here, mate. Um, so Liber, Liber went from seventy two percent to ninety one percent this week. So just normal Liber things. Bont went from sixty nine to seventy seven. McRae went from sixty two to forty one. So it was already low and got lower. Bailey Smith, who everyone was expecting to get more time this uh, this year, went fifty five to thirty two. Yep. Trelaw went from forty one to zero, oh, which means I can only play. assume yep. he was injured because he's always injured. Yep. Uh, and Caleb Daniel went from zero to fifty nine percent. Yeah. They tried him in the midfield and they lost. So I, I mean, may, like, I'd love to see the split. Like, was he like was he was like in every single CBA from like round like the the halftime onwards or something because they were getting slammed. Like, well, yeah, not far from that. But yeah, magnet they, man. it wasn't good. It, it's it's enough to scare me away from it. Um, yeah, I, yep, I agree. So I, I think that that's a big jump off. There's one I've seen as well. Another guy who people have seemingly jumping off and I would uh, poo-poo that move and that's that's uh, Connor Rosie. Um He copped a head knock and looked groggy and he was doing really well until that point, copped that head, head knock and ended up with a 92. If yeah. that's a floor for a forward, that's yeah. pretty good. That's really good for a forward floor. Um, I And only 513K, like it's that's, – that's very good. I'm – and and Port, I mean, they obviously just got smashed by Collingwood, and that's clearly why JB's not on the podcast this week. But yep. it's he's only on the podcast when they win. Like I've literally had DMs <laughs> to to ask why he's not on the podcast some weeks, and, <laughs> and they've made they unilaterally they've made the correlation with him being on the podcast only when they win. No, so. he's sick. Feel better soon, JB. But yeah, look, no. the, the Rosie he he's he's really good, and I think Port are going to be much better than people expect this year. And if they're going to be pushing for finals, which I personally expect, and I think many people probably expect, it's going to be on the back of people like Rosie and those really high uh, ceiling games are going to come throughout the season. If these are his flaws, I'm really excited for how he's going to score for the rest of the year. So I think trading him out is even beyond crazy of all the other options. Like it's 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 almost clinically insane. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. All right, uh, one so, that you touched on harsh. before. No, 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 okay. no. I've been going ham this this podcast. I'm glad that you're picking up my vibe and jumping okay. on board. I okay, love that. Unduly influenced by me. Uh, Jack Steele obviously has the fractured clavicle and AC joint subluxation. So um, he's going to be missing some time. Absolute trooper to be playing through that, by the way. That's just phenomenal. Uh, we've touched on uh, quite a few names right now, Pistol. Uh, like... Is there any name that jumps out at you in terms of the midfield that you'd be looking to trade him to? Is it as simple as going to, to someone like a Green who's got upside or a LDU? Yeah. Like what's it, what's your number one? So, Or is this team dependent? Are you going to hit me yeah. with a team dependent I'm, I'm fence hit again? Look, it I, could be Warple, he says. It could be Setterfield. <laughs> yes. Yeah, look, I had Jelly out and I didn't trade him to a midfielder just because he's a midfielder. I was like, time to restructure, get in the day cost, get in the golden, you know, get these guys in my team. Um, and I think this is that week where if you have steel, you think, okay, well, am I going to go down to two premium mids? Probably not. If yeah. not, I'll, yeah. I'll get the green, I'll get the Bontempelli, LDU, whichever value sort of one you want, great. If you if you had five or four and you're like, this is your time, this is where you get the set of field as a replacement, and then you get Jay-Z on one of the other lines and you're living life and you're a happy person uh, or the Dacos or the Golden, whichever ones. And I think that's 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 your play from those list of players that we've mentioned about 700 times in this podcast. Apologies that I haven't gone outside the box, but honestly, 
you know what happened what's happened to the people that have gone outside the box after round one apologies to uh, Finn I'm going to call you out on this one but they got Rioli over Dacos and they lost 70 points and uh, probably not very happy with themselves so just stay in the box at the beginning and try and look outside (laughs) the box as the season progresses Pistol jumped in the box and nailed the lid on so he couldn't get out that's that's basically (laughs) I don't know why that's so funny with that whatever you just said was hilarious Um, it's it's, it's really throwing me Um, look yeah, the time to time to be in the box is now. You can jump out soon. Yeah. Let's put it yeah. that way. Yeah, Pistol loves it in the box. So. No, not. come on. <laughs> and he also loves Cox. There's a joke in there somewhere. Uh, so Jack Steele, uh, <laughs> if you got a, <laughs> give me a one, two, three. Uh, so okay. so one. if you've got if you've got one, four two, premium three. mids, all right, here we go. Four premium mids. What are you doing with him? Trading him out. <laughs> two. <laughs> <laughs> to to Dacos or Setterfield or, or okay. KZ. That's my three answer for pre- all of the things. Three premium mids. Okay, are you still doing the same moves or no, are you turning him into a mid price? Trading, trading him. If, if, if he's my third, I'm trading him to the missing one of Tom Green or LDU. I'm sure you don't have both. Okay, see, that's what I'm looking for. Okay, perfect. Go. You got it out of me. That's it. Lovely. All right. Yeah. I want to talk about a situation that I was in last week, Pistol, and that was holding Josh Kelly. Um, I, w- I want to know your thoughts about was that uh, was that an okay move? It was clearly not in terms of like um, points, and we've seen that the, the amount of trades that we have this year is just like go go go, just start like moving players around. Um, I, I think the thing that swayed me in that direction is I thought he was absolutely phenomenal in round yeah, he one. Was. Um, he was on track for a one twenty plus score before he copped that knock. Um, everything was looking up. And I, I don't want to be in a situation where he comes back and by the buys, I'm looking to upgrade him because he is a keeper sort of midfielder or, or someone that we want to trade in. I, I think that that was sort of lingering in the back of my mind. So I just want to know your thoughts about the whole thing. Is it just as black and white as you should have? Tra- I should have traded him out last week? Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and That's fair enough. When you said black and white, you're talking about Dacos. I am. Yeah. No, it's. Uh, yeah. You saw. I mean, you saw I, straight I had me. jelly, and I had Mackenzie M nine, so I had every reason to hold. Um, and I, look, it might. It's still early days, Chiso. I think Jelly is a fantastic pick. He'll score really well. It's. It's just the. I guess, the part that's probably not touched on is like in an isolated incident. Then, like throughout the year, then yes, but because it happened within the first two rounds, and there was an opportunity to jump on players who you know, I guess, dominated and then dominated the second week in Dacos and yeah. Golden. That felt like a yep. safe play for me. That's why I jumped in. If you had jumped onto Horn Francis, who scored 45 and turned back into a pumpkin this week, <laughs> you, you're probably <laughs> devastated. Like you're, you're thinking, why didn't, didn't I hold Jelly? Yeah. And then yeah. you would wish you that you did have him. So I think last week I said I would be only trading him to the nailed on on keepers I wouldn't be jumping onto the mid prices and largely I think that's true um, I mean if you jumped on Setterfield then obviously that worked out for you but that's I think circumstantial rather than um, yeah I, I think that's just how I would analyze the trade I suggest the same advice now knowing what happened again I'd still do the same thing um, but yeah I think Part of the 36 trades this year is the tempo is kind of uh, higher and we need to get on these players ASAP. The upgrade cadence, as they say. Just boost now. Get your team in the best shape possible for the price changes. Probably 
I mean, maybe you trade next week and you get a Bose in or something like that. I'm not really sure what's going to plan out for the week. Um, but it's it's setting yourself up and then kind of riding the the wave and the price rises and being ahead of the curve. I think a lot of a lot of these, I guess, new style super coach players, it's just about getting ahead of everybody else, like being a week ahead. You want you want your team to be the one where people are like, that will be my team next week. Um, because you have so many trades that, I mean, you might run out and you might, it might be bad and it might be fine. You might be able to hold on for a top 10 finish. I think there was multiple, actually, I know there were, there were multiple top 10 finishers who ran out of trades with five weeks to go. Um, I think it's sometimes it's good luck, sometimes it's bad luck, but you'd rather be in it with a chance to win than be, you know, 50K. Um, so yeah, I think you're, you're trying to just ride the wave, get ahead. You want to be the people that people that people look at their teams and say, "Yeah, you know, I'll get that that team next week," because then you know you're doing something right. Yeah, uh, pistol. The next thing that I want to jump into is two kind of underpriced or, or mid-priced defenders that we had very heavily featured in our preseason teams, being Crozier and Bose. They've both had really good. Um, round well, their first game performances of round two. I'd love to know your thoughts on on both of those as potential uh, options, or we sort of missed the boat with these two guys, and, and just overall uh, what you thought their role and things were like too. So, Bose had such a good role in the first quarter, fifty point first quarter. He was taking all the kickouts, and he was half back, and he looked amazing. And I was like, wow, I'm already planning my trades to get him in for the next week and thinking how am I going to shift the cash around and then he moved into the half forward and midfield role that we saw in the preseason and that's just way worse I think he scored something like 85 of his points between like the first quarter and the last half of the last quarter Um, it's just the in between part Geelong is it's almost like the Bulldogs where they're throwing players around and it's not something I want to buy into for me it's a big you know, warning light saying stay away. I mean, when Tom Stewart comes back into their side, I don't believe Bose will be on a large amount of kickouts. But honestly, if he plays 100% down back next week, I'll have to revisit it. But as it stands, I know he scored well, but he's not somebody I'm looking to bring into my side chaser. And um, the other player, Crozier, I don't know how I'm bringing in a Bulldogs player with Bevo at the moment. Like I, yeah, I'll watch him again. If he puts out another ninety, I probably would still pass. It's it's too much of a magnet man for me to feel comfortable suggesting to anybody. If you're a high risk player, you know you could go for it, but it's yeah, it's it's a bit too much for me. I think. I, I think uh, it more comes in terms of like. When um, Liam Jones evidently gets smacked in the noggin again for the third week straight, like is he viable for a straight swap the next week? Yeah, I mean, if he puts out another ninety odd, his break even will be really low, and you could use him for a quick cash grab. But well, let's let's just watch and see. I mean, yeah, plenty of defenders come out with two good scores, and you know, are terrible for the rest of the year. I mean, Brendan yeah, Cox is. Yeah, Nick Dacos. Brandon <laughs> Cox springs to mind. He's put out two really good scores. Um, yeah, but it's it's again Frio ha- are losing. Like they're they're playing a game style that they're probably not overly comfortable with. Um, I mean, Cox had twenty touches, which is not too many. He just was a defensive rock. Um, it's got one hundred thirty one this week, and it's only four hundred forty five k. But it, I can't, in good faith, be like, oh yeah, get him above Jay Z. 
Um, yeah, that absolutely. forward defensive status yep. is more valuable. He's cheaper. He's still scoring almost as well. Like, how can I be talking about these guys? I know um, there was some feedback last week about only talking about a few players and spending too long talking about Dacos. Well, you know what? We've come out here and we've spent even longer talking about Dacos because he is that relevant. Because <laughs> we don't, don't take feedback. Him, <laughs> if you don't, if you already have him, that's great. You can get those other guys that we spoke about earlier. There was that list of seven. If you have all seven of those players, send me your team because I want to know. Yeah. I want to know what it looks like. I want to know You're what clearly top ten. Like, that's the, that'd be crazy. Um, yeah. Uh, okay, cool. We'll move on to uh, the next little step that I've got here, Pistol. Um, it's just like a little offhand remark. I, I know you said at the top of the show that you have sort of been hit by rookie roulette this year. Yeah. Uh, but I think that my overall observation is that so far this year, rookie roulette has been pretty good. Like, yeah. uh, you're looking at Wilmot and Cowan. You're not playing them over Jinbi or McKenna, so you, you're not really getting stung by either of those, and they haven't they haven't stung us yet. Yeah. Um, uh, midfield, like Baker, Chessa, um, and forwards, you've got Green and Davey. None of these guys are really, like, fieldable options, but they've got great job security. They're just going to be burning away, making cash, and they, they've been, uh, uh, you know, playing well. Same like a Philippou as well. Like, I wouldn't necessarily say that rookie roulette in 2023 has been as bad as previous seasons. Um, and particularly yeah. like, let's say 2021, where Goulden was like 136, 139 the first two rounds, and then we brought him on for, for someone and he was scoring 50s for the next couple of weeks. So it's like, I wouldn't necessarily say that we've been we've been hit too hard with the roulette wheel this year. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's very much true. It's just uh, having the McKenzie 93 on the bench in the first week is far from ideal. Um, Some with Gies was 114 on yeah, the bench as well. That's true. And I had Constable bench this week um, in my midfield as I was you know, fixing my structure. So I lost points playing uh, Callahan and McKenzie over a Constable there. So um, yeah. you can still lose. I proved it. I am still a loser. But the... <laughs> Look, I think can I get that as a sound clip? No, please don't. Um, I think um, the rookies are a good way to finish up the podcast, Cheezer, because to free up cash for a lot of these trades, you need yep. rookies, right? Yep. Um, I don't, not sure what the best way to do this, but well, I'll sh- I'll share out some names. Uh, I, I yep. expect most. Uh, I've seen some people trying to f- trade out Fergus Green. I, I don't think that's a good move. No. No, no, no. He's he had four behinds. He scored forty nine in the big loss. He's he's thrown away an eighty there, probably. He's a slow burn that we talk about. Like he yep. will. He's he's good. Like I kept saying, he's like a good player. Um, I I don't think he'll get dropped. I could be wrong, but I, I don't think he will be dropped. Um, they he'll just keep. He just needs to kick the goals. I mean, if that's four goals instead of four behinds, as you said, it's an eighty score. So. Let's let's just wait for that eighty score. He's going to make the money. It's just painfully slow burn. But yeah. I prefer my rookies to have job security. Um, so yeah, that's definitely not a trade out for me. Um, Cheese, if you want to throw out other names, uh, Davy Cowan, Wilmot, uh, Baker. But th- these are all people that that are players that most people will have. Yeah. Um, if you didn't have one of those guys, are you are you going out of your way to get them? I think all of those guys are probably worth going out of your way yeah. to get. Maybe not yeah. Cowan. I think you probably can leave him, but that's assuming you then have you know McKenna and Wilmot and Constable and 
Jinbi. Like if you got all yeah. those guys, you probably yep. don't need Cowan, but you can. <laughs> There's nothing stopping you from getting them. Um, I assume everyone's got Ashcroft, but if you didn't, you probably want to find find the money to to get him because he's going to make money. And Mackenzie scored poorly this week, and his role was worse. But they played Swans, who are awesome, and their midfield yeah. is beastly. So I would imagine Mackenzie will bounce back. He's just okay. too classy. So I would still hold on to Let's, him, not trading him. Let, out. I'll throw out some names. These are some rookies. I think it uh, under-owned and under-appreciated that could um, potentially they could potentially be uh, part of the, the the trades that players are looking at doing this week. Yep. Um, I'll just say them all off the top, and then you can break them down one by one. I've got Ollie Hollands, uh, Caminiti, Michelini, Long, and Chandler. They're probably the five that have been um, probably not like highly owned or highly appreciated that I think you could consider this week if you do need to to like a, for example I might be considering going Chessa um to to one of these guys yep. because I think Chess is out his cash gen is dead and these other guys are looking pretty good. Yeah, no that's a good shout. I don't know if I would be going Chessa up to Hollands but Hollands is good if you're going someone down to Hollands. I think that he yep. he looks really solid. I think he's earned that wing role for a couple of weeks at least. Um so I would feel comfortable doing that. Um, well, he, start, he started the year on the wing. So, like, <laughs> has he just solidified his job yeah, security? Or is he, he's already earned the wing position. <laughs> yeah, it's te- technically true, but there was always that risk that I thought someone was going to push him out. But he's, he's earned a couple of weeks in my eyes. He's just been really good, like really, really good. So he's probably, yeah, yeah somebody that I would, wouldn't mind um, bringing in if I needed somebody. If you, want, if you yeah. need cheaper, um, I think... Probably your risk is worth it with the Chandler upside. I mean, Chandler scored 71, yep. but he was one of... I mean, Demons didn't have that many good players. Um, they'd be pretty upset with their performance. I mean, the game looks closer than it was. They were getting pelted before the, the blackout um, occurred, and Chandler was a, a bright spark. I don't even think he scored any points after the blackout, uh, to be honest. But, yeah, 71 this week, and he pretty much what was he, almost turned up last, last week. These are games that Melbourne... You know, have not been good, and I think Melbourne can have those games. They should have many games where they win by six goals plus. And if you're a forward in those sides, you're probably going to get around the ball. But Chandler's been really good at pushing up on the wing and and getting the ball. Like he had six marks, and the only players that basically got six marks before the blackout for the Demons were, I think it was like Ben Brown and and Lever. Um, I think everyone else and maybe Brayshaw, but everyone else um, hadn't reached that amount of marks um, before the blackout. I, I keep It's like pre-blackout and post because Melbourne came out a different side or Brisbane didn't yeah. come out. I'm not sure which, yeah. which way you want to look which at it. Which is that. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, his job security is not the best. So there is a risk that, you know, next week he has an absolute stinker and then um, – Cosy Pickett comes yeah, that's in and a, gets dropped yep, immediately. Yep. Um, and yeah. if you're scared of that, then you've got a 102K playing option who looks pretty good himself, just the scoring potential. I wouldn't be expecting the 70 pluses it? scores. Uh, you, want, to, you want to say his name? <laughs> so no. everyone knows who we're talking about? Caminiti, I think. Oh, my training it? paid off. Did I do it? Yes. I'm practicing pre-podcast for like 30 minutes because I, I don't think I said it right <laughs> once pre-podcast either. Um, <laughs> no, you didn't. Yeah, so he's 
job security looks better um, at the moment than Chandler's, but his scoring potential, I, I think he peaked. I think that 73 is like as good as yeah, you probably hope. Um, it's going to be more of that, I don't know, 30s to 60s sort of scores and, and, and a slow burn. But at 102K, that's all you need sometimes. Um, yeah. As long as it's got good job security, I think that's that's fine. It's just Chandler's got the you know potential to have two games make 100K type situation. Um, so it's whichever one fits your risk appetite or the money that you need, I think mm. sorts itself out between them. Um, I probably wouldn't look at Michelini or anyone or else. Long. Oh, long, probably not. I mean, he might score a decent score, but he, he scored very well from seven touches I think he had was it or fewer yeah a, a bit bit yeah, of tackling pressure I think as well yeah so it's like um I, I think they're both got reasonably good job security they play um yeah positions that their team actually appreciate as well so I think is important um so yeah like uh, they, these are names that you could be looking at I like that you specified that Holland's uh, you're likely having to go up for him so um, that's going to impact the other trades that you make during the week so it certainly comes down to, to Chandler and Caminiti as who you're, you're you're really tossing up between I think there is the potential that Chandler gets like two weeks more and then Cozzy or you know something happens and, and he's on the outside and you've already made 100k from him yeah that's right you know what I mean so Fast uh, whereas yeah, Caminiti, like if he averages 50, you're only making 150K for the year and it's like you're getting that by the time he's – like everyone comes back, like Max King is back from his shoulder by the time that he's made that money. So um, I, I think the if you can get a fortnight out of Chandler, that, that's that's significantly the better move. He could be sub though and lose all the money quickly too. That's true. That's true. That's what. That's why I specified if you got a fortnight out of him yeah. and uh, that came with the pretense that he was playing. <laughs> Not, not that he was not playing. Yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's fair. I mean, there's other players that play like Harry Roston this week and Connor Stone, but I don't think any yeah. GWS boys probably. It's not high on no. our list of wants. No, not even premiums at this point. Um, so I mean, maybe Cogs. Next- Cogs is good. <laughs> Sorry, I don't just want to talk about GWS. Cogs, Cogs is good. Uh, it's just not a, a desperate trade-in. All right. Yeah, sorry. There's a there's one GWS player that we haven't really talked about because he hasn't fitted into the rookies and he hasn't really fitted into the mid-price discussion, yeah. and that's Finn Callahan. Pistol, you brought him in last week, <laughs> and you're saying this week you're trying to get rid of him. Oh, no. um, we should acknowledge the fact that he had a subluxation of his shoulder, so it's not like it completely dislocated, but he, he's had injuries. He, he always plays with strapping on both shoulders as well from memory, so um, he's clearly got... Um, some issues there. Yeah, I, I. It was just really, really poor this week. Even when he came back on, like I just thought he was. I guess all of GWS was poor, and this is the problem with being a wing: is that you you certainly rely on the remainder of the team yeah, being in sync for you to get the ball. And this is this is something that you know people were thinking, but like I I rated him much higher last week because I thought that he was going to suddenly get a massive like boost of CBAs this week. Like I didn't think he was necessarily um, a massive trade in option. Um, but I saw the upside that he's coming off the back of the hundred, and he's going to go play the Eagles, and there's now a really clear um, midfield spot that someone's going to have to fill. And, and Harry Roston came in for his um, his first game and took that with sixty one percent, and Finn Callahan only went from three percent to eighteen percent this week. So um, that that aside, he clearly wasn't going to get the uptake that we thought. 
And I still think he's going to be a great player. He's got good pedigree. Uh, but I think now with the, the little bit of an injury niggle and stuff like that, he's an awkward price. And as we're in the process of restructuring our sides, I do think that his name is on the chopping block. And that's precisely why that you're not taking any ego into the equation. You're just saying, yep, he's now no longer the pick I thought he was. I need to get rid of him. Yeah, I definitely feel bad trading somebody in and trading out. I just know last week, I mean, even if I traded in Hollands, there's no other way for me to get Jay-Z. And I would have to trade out the person I traded in, just the way that yeah. my team works at the moment. Um, so I can't feel too bad. But Callahan, that shoulder knock is really worrying. He did get 13 touches in the second half, so he was very much amongst it. But I am worried um, about future health um, for him. Uh, we were already worried preseason about the foot. Now I have to be worried about the shoulders. You know, once they sublax, correct me if I'm wrong, Chizo, but it's more likely to happen again. Um, yeah. So it's, it's more. It's more that it's a pre-existing condition, like it, it, not necessarily a, a vastly increased risk that it's going to happen again. Yeah. Um, but it's maybe more susceptible or something. Um, yeah. I just I, I have enough concerns that I, you know, based on the role as well, I wasn't happy about bring him but I, I'm happy to cut my losses where where I feel like I'm not going to get value out of the pick and, and trade him back out and I wouldn't be bringing yeah. him in this week I think you know if you're going to go down at least get Hollands or something like that um, yeah or if you're going up you know it's only 60k away from Warple it's probably the better pick there um, <laughs> I say laughing because JD told me that last week and I couldn't afford Warple and did think Callahan could match him and was swiftly proven incorrect. Um, Humbled. Yes, that is definitely how that one played out. But I think this is yeah, pick kind of in no man's land for me. If you have him, I don't think you necessarily have to trade him out. Um, I, in fact, he's not very high up on a list of trade outs. It's just for my team personally, it's the only way for me to, to get to Jay-Z. So given I already have Setterfield and co um yeah it's a missing piece but yeah it's a trade-up for me um question because we, we didn't touch on it and i know a lot of people well more than you would expect to have lucky ash um yeah whitfield didn't play i was just thinking that only scored yeah. 94 he's still a trade-out <laughs> yeah he had 40 in the last quarter i'm pretty sure as well to, to to recover a 94 like he was on like 50 at three quarter time it was looking really dire um yeah, After trading. being on like 30 at quarter time. But yeah, he, he's clearly not going to be the, the, the player that we had seen in the in the preseason game yeah. and uh, thought that he was going to be. So he's definitely a trade-out and yeah, make no bones about it. Um, it's not personal. You just got to, like same with you with Callahan. you just got to get rid of him and try and make the overall team better. Uh, Pistol, we'll jump into some VC and C options. And look, I know th- this week I see is the same way that you like your ice cream, and that's vanilla. I think it's a very easy, straightforward, a bont um, into lead for me yep. uh, if you have those guys. Um, but the, probably the, the, the biggest VC option uh, is going to be English for those that have him. There's going to be a lot of people kind of going, particularly say Darcy to English this week and whacking the big VC on him and, and probably getting it like a, a 130 plus again. Absolutely. I think if you have English, you have to pretty much whack the VC on him. Um, I could argue maybe you want to do a Dacos against mm-hmm. Richmond. I don't think I love that more than Bont. I think that might be just a bit of hype from last week. I mean, we saw the 149, but Richmond have players that other teams don't have that 
might be able to sit with him more. I don't know if that's a baker and, you know, because he can do everything, but um, I feel less confident in Dacos against Richmond than I did against Port. Um, so I'm not going to do that myself, but I could see that as an option. Um, LDU against Hawthorne, if you don't think he's going to cop the Finn McGuinness tag, which I think he probably does, then, geez, I'm just thinking now, imagine if they get, imagine if Sheasel got the fin tag how rough would i was that be? literally just thinking that <laughs> wow that would be so rough way to kill a kid's confidence i hope that doesn't happen yeah. that would yeah. be that would be devastating and we'd lose so much money in super coach as well that would be truly yeah upsetting but um to get back to the point stop L- no stop one. talking about these things every time you say it it comes to fruition <laughs> stop putting it out in the universe no, ldo ldu fin tag i think let's let's lock that in um and i probably enough for me to stay away potentially from there unless you wanted to go specifically unique and that gets us up to Madden I guess if people have Chesser you have a larger variety of VCs Um, I think the problem I have with this round is a lot of my premiums and I think a lot of most people's premiums play really early in the round yeah Um, like finish on Saturday there's not too many premiums on the Sunday I mean you'd have to have be very ballsy to like Captain Darcy on the Sunday or I mean Oliver against Swans but it's not a great matchup to be honest like it's probably going to be okay but I don't think I would be expecting a you know a 200 you know, nah he's doing he was doing 125 plus easy though like, he's just he's just doing all maybe it took Miller you could you could VC someone and Captain took I think that's probably okay but there's not it's all the actions happening early in the rounds yeah I think so too all right well I agree that's it there isn't oh. any more. It's Madeline. Oh. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Easy. Um, and, and probably Windager goes to one of the Bombers boys as well, um, just on top of that too. So like well, he, even like Zared or Parish and not that, Setterfield. Uh, <laughs> Setterfield. Setterfield gets tagged. No. Um, don't pistol. put it in the universe. Thanks. Well, I'm allowed to because I can't predict anything. Oh, you should see my starting squad. Um, the, <laughs> thanks, everyone, for listening. Uh, you can find us on our socials at Dr. Underscore SC on Twitter or our individual handles. You can find them on the page. You can check out merch at the merch store at drsupercoach.com.au or join up to Patreon at patreon.com forward slash drsupercoach to get part of the last coach standing competition starting this week. And also, if you can leave us a five-star review on any listening platform that you are on, whether that be Spotify or Apple, that helps get our brand out to more listeners. And we'll top 10 in uh, fantasy or in sports, in football podcasts in Australia last week. And that's uh, without the call to action. So if you can throw a review, if you are enjoying the content, that will be much appreciated. Pistol, thanks for sitting down with me. And everyone will talk to you in the next episode of the Dr. Supercoach Podcast. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.